Shalom, Mishpocha. Welcome to this week's Kadima Talk. I'm Rabbi Eric Carlson. We've just entered into September. In fact, today is September the 1st. And we want to welcome you to this week's and next week's teaching of consistency and relevancy. Consistency is the achievement of a level of performance that does not vary greatly in quality over time. 1 Corinthians 15, verse 58 says, So my dear brothers, stand firm and immovable, always doing the Lord's work as vigorously as you can, knowing that united with the Lord, your efforts are not in vain. So we have to stand firm. We have to be immovable. There has to be a consistency in everything we do, from congregational operations to your personal quiet time with Adonai to your time management. There must be a consistency for smooth operations. Those who wish to serve in the congregation must routinely attend three out of four Shabbats. They must consistently tithe. Youth must attend their meetings or they can't attend the social events. We have to attend the feast days, the services to support the congregation and remain for the entire service. I want to share with you something we had in the early days when we first started the ministry. As we started to put our dance team together, we had a couple of dancers who would come for worship dance with the dance team, place all their gear in the front pew, and as soon as praise and worship was over, would gather up all their stuff from the front pew and obviously make a beeline for the back door and depart the service. That is a big no-no. If you're committed, then you must be consistent and be there the entire time. If we have people on the worship team, they've got to attend the practices. They've got to stay for the services. We're not a gig. This isn't a show. This isn't a uh, routine or a job. We are in service to the Lord, and we must maintain this consistency across all areas of ministry. In fact, inconsistency kills ministries and congregations. There must be a dedication to consistency. Yeshua said, let your yes be yes and your no be no. Do what you say you're going to do. If you commit to go somewhere, go there. Matter of fact, I honor that succinctly once in a very long while, once in a blue moon, I'll say, I'll get double booked. It's very rare, but it happens. And if I seek to actually confirm that second booking, I'll go back to the first and ask to be released. And if they say no, I stick with what I agreed to say the first time. You have to be consistent in what you do. If you commit to go somewhere, go there. Consistency equals follow through. Even in our Kadima podcast, Facebook Lives, radio broadcasts, consistency is the key for the kingdom of God. Anybody knows this. To be successful on social media, you've got to be consistent. you got to get new data out there every week. Somebody doesn't want to come back and see four podcasts from 1915. It's not relevant. See how I brought that together, consistency and relevancy. Let's talk about a a few points here for consistency. Consistency allows for quantification of effectiveness. What do I mean by this? Well, if we do something, if we change the service, if we alter the lineup, if we change the schedule, you've got to do this over a period of time and in a consistent manner so you can decide if it's working or not. We can't have a different lineup and a different service outline every week. It's all over the place. There must be order. God is the God of order, not of divisiveness and not of disunity. So how do we measure effectiveness of what we're measuring if it's not done consistently? As we employ heavenly strategies and spreading the good news, being consistent allows us to quantify its effectiveness so that we may be continuously improving. See, that's the deal. You don't want to plateau. 
We're grooming. We're looking over the services. We watch them. We listen to them. We do, we look at the lineups. We check for quality and we tweak and make better and then see how it goes for the next three or four services. If it didn't improve it, we can tell by consistently doing it for three or four weeks in a row that it's not being effective. So we can put our efforts into what's going to glorify and honor the God of Israel. Adonai deserves our very best. So we do all things with a spirit of excellence. Next, consistency creates accountability. The team members here at the congregation must be good stewards and accountable in their service to God in the congregation. There's got to be consistency in what they do, and the same holds true even for myself. We put a priority on consistency. We keep regular office hours. We start services on time. For those who attend here, we have a countdown, a five-minute countdown. And trust you me, that starts at exactly 7.25 p.m. every Friday evening. And at 7.30, no matter what, we're starting that service. Everybody here knows that. We're consistent in this week to week to week. We keep regular office hours. The office doesn't open one day at 9 o'clock and then the next day at 11 p.m. And on Tuesdays in a month with an R in it, we open at noon. Listen, we keep regular office hours. It's good stewardship and it's accountability to the congregates who are actually allowing us to do what we do. Remember, time is holy. Rehearsals are weekly. They're required for the worship team, for the dance team. Guests here at Congregation Zion's sake, they're welcome. Members, you're expected. Next, consistency builds reputation. Building a good reputation requires consistent effort, diligence, perseverance, time, and doing the right thing all the time. Integrity, loyalty, commitment, and dedication, attitude must be consistent to build a good reputation. We must be consistent in our messages, in our holiness, in our purity, in our righteousness, our love, and intimacy with Adonai. You know, the life cycle events here at the congregation, hospital visits for the ill, or, you know, visiting when newborns come, bar and bat mitzvahs, weddings, funerals, benevolence. Consistency will build your reputation that you care and that you love the congregants and the sheep and that you are there for them. It's not what you say, it's what you do. And you have to put in the time. You've got to put in the grind and be consistent across the board. I've met many congregation leaders over the years that want to sit in Eliza's chair and be honored to dispense you know, gratuitous information in the word of God, but they don't want to do the grind, the hard work. The consistency will build your reputation. They know when somebody's in trouble that you're going to stand with them. The congregation here for the most part knows when something's going on. If they got an issue, they can count on us. They can count on me to be there. And that is why they want to keep coming week after week after week. Next, consistency maintains the message. The congregation, the staff will pay as much or more attention to what you do than what you say. Your leadership serves as a model for them to replicate. In fact, Shaul Paul said what? Mimic me. What is a Talmudim or a disciple but mimicking that who is leading you? And so we're, we're called to be Talmudim or disciples of Yeshua who is the model for us to replicate. But your staff, your congregants, they'll replicate you. If you're habitually late, so will they. If you blow off meetings, so will they. If you don't pay attention to services, neither will they. John C. Maxwell calls this the law of attraction. You will attract a reflection of yourself. So if you've got a congregation, they're not loyal, they're not committed, they're nuts and flakes, <clears throat> I'm going to say this in love, look in the mirror. It's a reflection of yourself. If you display strong leadership qualities, you'll attract leaders. If you have a lot of unloyal, uncommitted people, then search yourself. You'll find your people doing the same thing you do to others. Next, consistency makes you relevant. 
consistency in our ministering and service to Adonai, along with building loving congregational relationships, makes us relevant. Relevant is having significant and demonstrable bearing on the matter at hand. When the pandemic started, I want to share this. This was very profound. We've been saying for years, we live in hurricane country here, and uh, and it, it's always a struggle to keep the congregational listing up to date with addresses, with phone numbers, uh, with tithing envelopes. I want to put a word out here to everybody who fills up those things out. Please, for the love of Messiah, print legibly on tithing envelopes, print legibly on paperwork that you give to the congregation. I've got way too many hours spent trying to interpret writing and and half uh, written, half printed, and uh, we're trying to guess what the person's trying to tell us. Email it, type it, make it crystal clear to us. When the pandemic started, it took us about two weeks to get this resolved, but we got a good phone number, the address, and email for every congregate and congregation Zion's sake. We then put captains who had 10 underneath them, we put an overseer of the captains. Every single congregate was contacted twice a week through this entire pandemic of COVID-19, and we prayed with them, we supported them, we inquired if there was any needs of which we were able to fulfill every time it drew the congregation together. We were consistent through the storm, which made us relevant. We heard so many reports from other believers who were friends of our congregates complain that no one from their congregation called them or checked on them, that their pastor's messages, their rabbi's messages weren't relative to what was happening across the nation. It was the same old messages in the pandemic. It's not relevant. You've got to be consistent and be aware as the men of Ishakar who were aware of the times and knew what to do about it. And so you've got to be consistent across the board and keep this up. We haven't done this now in about a month because the, the COVID COVID-19 has relented a little bit, but we're still zealously working to update that congregational listing and make sure we've got everybody's phone number, everybody's address, that in a crisis, we can contact every person. And to be honest with you, don't you all want to know that somebody cares, that somebody's concerned about you, your welfare, your being? We all have that need as human beings. So to reach out through a crisis like this and to connect with somebody, to have the fellowship, to talk to a loving voice on the phone, to know that somebody cares, there's not a stronger thing you could do in a congregational setting and to build the body of Messiah. You know, I want to share in the military and the submarine force, we learn to fall forward, to fail forward. When we experience an incident, and it often happens, a submarine is a very complex uh, ship, more complex than the space shuttle, often we had issues. And if something went awry, we would gather all who were involved in this and do a detailed bottom-up review and come up with the lessons learned so the same mistake, the same error wouldn't happen again. We have to learn through time to be consistent. And listen, we're all going to fall short. It happens. But the important part is to have an open heart, to have a teachable spirit, and to look at it and say, how did we get to this place and how can we correct it and make it so it won't happen again? We call this falling or failing forward. And most of the time, the issue in the submarine force and the military would track back to a lack of consistency. Watchstanders not doing what they're supposed to do. Certain documents not being followed. If we are consistent across the board and do what we should be doing, these things won't happen. To influence society, to change the world around us, we must be relevant. In light of all this, there has been in the last eight, nine months, a crisis, the pandemics, the civil unrest, the word of God, the kingdom of God, Adonai is the same today as it was yesterday, as it will be tomorrow. God's word isn't evolving. 
scriptures aren't adapting to our corrupted morality and society. We are to conform and transform to the word of God and the kingdom of heaven. There are several concerns here as we walk through this. First, Christianity, Messianic Judaism is or should be based upon the word of God and acceptance of Yeshua, Jesus as the Messiah, not on doctrine, religion, not on the Talmud, not on oral traditions or any other distortion of the word of God. Salvation is only through the blood of Yeshua. In fact, all sins are washed away by the blood. This is Jeremiah. This is James. You are not saved by grace. I'm going to say that again. You are not saved by grace or hyper love. It was grace. It was mercy in that Yeshua still did it while we were sinners. But only the blood washes away the sin to be known no more. We accept and receive Yeshua as our atonement sacrifice for sin. He's the only way into the Father. Second, religion in any form or format is never relevant. Only the word and kingdom of God through Yeshua is. And it amazes me. If you track this throughout, I'm kind of an amateur historian of worldwide revivals. I've done a lot of study in this over the years. And every phenomenal outpouring sovereign move of God was on fire. It was radical. People's lives were being changed. But in just a short span of time, and here's the mentality, they stopped being relevant. They fall into an apathetic, okay, we've made it, we're here, and this has to do with consistency as well as relevance, and they're not staying at the tip of the spear. And so that in a short amount of time, 15, 20, 30, 40 years, it becomes a denomination. That denomination then, 70, 80, 90, 100 years later, it's dead. It's no longer relevant. It's become another entrenched religion. We've got denomination after denomination after denomination. It was birthed from a move of God, but 50, 80, 100 years later, it's completely dead. Religion in any form or format is never relevant. Once it's entrenched and becomes a religion, it's God has already moved on. He's nowhere near it. Only the word and the kingdom of God through Yeshua is relevant. Scriptures contain the answer for every question, for every life decision, for every scenario, every aspect of your life, from family relations to marriage to finances, from raising children to conflict resolution to business practices, morality to the prophetic future and what your role and part of that is as a child of God. So why is there a lack of relevance in the greater body today? Well, because ironically, as I said just a minute ago, it's not existence in religion. Religion is never relevant. A perfect example, and and this is incumbent upon us because we're in September now, uh, is the post 9-11. As we've entered into September, we're approaching the 19th anniversary of that horrific terror attack. We all remember this. But Barna's statistics revealed that almost 90% of the message given in the first two weeks after that traumatic 9-11 terrorist attack never mentioned 9-11. What a horrible revelation of the greater body and its religious leaders. Remember, religion is never relevant. People were scared. They're confused. They're looking for answers. They're looking for comfort. They couldn't find them in most houses of God. Yet we did and do have heavenly guidance and revelation. But many individuals and even a majority of clergy, they're unaware and irrelevant. Our relationship, our interaction, our expression of worship, ministering to Adonai isn't based upon feelings or emotions or religion. It's based upon covenant relationship with the Most High God. Every human being, every life will have their own unique moment of awareness that Adonai is God and there is no other. This is the recourse of free will. We all have to come to that aha moment and say, you are God and we submit ourselves to him. Our surroundings don't change, only our awareness. 
God profoundly gives us moments of awareness in our lives to create a supernatural awareness of who he is. This is why these moments in his word are so powerful. We're commanded to be aware of him, which makes us relevant. In Psalms 100, verse 3, it says, Be aware, yada in Hebrew, to know, to perceive, to realize, to perceive and see, to find out, discern, to recognize, admit, to become known, to be revealed, to be aware, be aware, yada, that Adonai is God. It is he who made us, and we are his, his people, the flock in his pasture. God uses all things in his creation to create an awareness of who he is. The ten plagues wrought against Egypt while we were in slavery brought awareness of Adonai to both Israel and Egypt. The prophet Elijah boldly challenges and confronts Jezebel and her priest, which socially perfectly parallels our own culture and society today in America. This is going to be a key part here as we continue on. Elijah challenged the status quo. How relevant is that? Baal and Asherah worship were the norm. It was commonplace in Israel. Everyone was doing it. What is this? It's religious practices. It's not intimate relationship with God. They're doing religion. It was commonplace in Israel. Everyone was doing it. It was hip. It was chick. It was bougie. It was popular. It was mainstream. The problem is that it's wicked and evil, and it's in direct disobedience to God. Rebellion is a profane stench in Adonai's nostrils. Elijah boldly called the 850 prophets of Baal and Asherah to do a challenge on Mount Carmel. Elijah issues the call in 1 Kings 18, verse 21. Eliyahu, Elijah, stepped forward before all the people, and he said, How long are you going to jump back and forth between two positions? If Adonai is God, follow him. But if it's Baal, follow him. The people answered him not a word. That's a rallying cry for America today. How can we have people in the kingdom of God who profess to be believers but are pro-choice or pro-abortion? How can we have people in the kingdom of God who say they're staunch believers, they've received Yeshua, Jesus as as their Messiah, and they're supporting same-sex marriage? Those two can't get forward. And Elijah's words then are relevant to us today. How long are you going to jump back and forth between two positions? If Adonai is God, follow him. If it's Baal, follow him. And the people answered him, not a word. Elijah was challenging the people's God. This is the issue in its simplest form. Anything you serve other than Adonai is an idol. It's a God. Some of you, it's sports. Others, it's hobbies. Some of you, it's pornography. Others, it's golden calves of ministry. Still others, it's the internet. Some, their idol is money and wealth. Some, it's Facebook and uh, Instagram. Others, it's fame and power. Some, it's the sins of the flesh and carnality. Yet others, it's false religion. The list goes on and on and on. Just because I didn't say it doesn't mean yours isn't on it. But the effect is the same. Nothing new under the sun, as Solomon said. Elijah challenged the prophets of Baal in two altars and two bulls sacrificed, one for Baal and one for Adonai. Then Elijah said in verse 24 of 1 Kings 18, Then you who call on the name of your God, and I will call on the name of Adonai. And the God who answers with fire, let him be God. And all the people answered, good idea, and agreed. So they begin. The prophets of Baal, they chant, they cut themselves, they cry out to Baal all day long. Nothing happens. While Elijah taunts them, he even mocks them. As the time approached for the evening sacrifice, Elijah commanded both altars be completely drenched with water. They were soaked sitting, if you will, in a small pond or a lake of water. And in 1 Kings 18, starting at verse 36, then when it came time for offering the evening offering, Eliyahu, Elijah the prophet, approached and said, Adonai, God of Abraham, Isaac, 
and Jacob. Let it be known today that you are God in Israel and that I'm your servant and that I have done all these things at your word. I want to pause here because, again, nothing could be more relevant to us today. As it's time, this is a word for America. This is my prayer today for this nation. Let it be known today that you, God, are the only God and that we, your people, are your servants and that we are doing these things at your word to bring a revelation of who he is to a darkened world and society in this country today. These are so profound, so prophetic. He goes on to say in verse 37 of 1 Kings 18, Hear me, Shema Adonai, hear me so that these people may know. And what's this word again? Yada, to write from, we read from the Psalms, to perceive, to realize, to discern, to recognize, to admit, become known, to be revealed, to be aware of. Let this people know, Yada, that you, Adonai, are God and that you are turning their hearts back to you. This is the criticality of being relevant. It turns hearts back to Adonai. Verse 38, God hears his prayer. Then the fire of Adonai fell, it says. It consumed the burnt offering, the wood, the stones, the dust, and it licked up the water in the trench. When all the people saw it, they fell on their faces and said, Adonai is God. Adonai is God. Elijah brought relevance into their world, and they had an awareness. They had a God encounter. They were now aware of who Adonai is. He was relevant to them. We see this throughout the word. This Jezebel spirit, because if you go on and read, uh, he goes on to slaughter the priest of Baal, and Jezebel comes after him, and uh, he hides in the desert. This is critical to us today. We see this throughout the word. 